Hello, and welcome to Special Advising No Parent Left Behind. I'm your host, Mark Ingracia, and I have been an active member in the field of special education for 35 years as a classroom teacher, tutor, parent trainer, consultant, and advocate. Thank you so much for joining me. This podcast is for parents and caregivers of children along the spectrum of disabilities as an information hub and promoter for the advancement of people with disabilities in all areas of life. So if you're interested in learning about topics from the world of exceptional needs, educational services, health and wellness, fitness, nutrition for you and your child, and more, this is the place for you. If you like the show, please subscribe, like, comment, and tell your friends about it. In this episode, I'd like to speak to you about perseverations. What are they? Why do they occur? And how can you manage them through acceptance and some helpful strategies? After that, stay tuned for a tip of the cap, your exceptional needs parenting tip. And for some extra help to inform your journey, visit the resource page of my website, specialadvising.com. Now, let's supercharge our comprehension and tick up a notch in our compassion to bring home another win. Understanding well enough to grasp the meaning and the causes of perseverations in those for whom it manifests is an important step towards learning how to imply proper coping skills that both allow for them to exist in a less interfering way and reduce their frequency. Using mindfulness, patience, and consistency in your approach will help to shape your response to them as well. Perseverations can be frustrating for both the perseverator and those confronted with them. Management of them is a huge challenge and I want to explore how we can do that. Perseverations come in different forms, and accepting them as part of one's nature is the first step towards managing them. When we accept that such a trait is part of the mix in how a particular person functions, just like we accept how a neurotypical person reacts, for example, to fear by screaming or to anxiety by sweating, we can then accept the nature of perseverations as involuntary, uncontrollable responses to stimuli or an internal root cause. Biologically speaking, perseveration is caused by a lack of cognitive flexibility, an executive function skill that allows the brain to switch gears and think about a different topic or think about more than one topic at a time. The North Shore Pediatric Therapy website, nsp4kids.com, defines perseveration as follows. Perseveration is an uncontrolled response such as a word, phrase, or gesture perpetuated to an exceptional degree despite termination of a stimulus. Perseverative acts include object perseveration, action perseveration, which includes ritualistic behavior, verbal perseveration, which includes topic and content, grammatical rigidity, and deviant repetitive language. For example, repeating a word or phrase, lining objects up for hours, or becoming fixated on a certain topic might be considered perseverative behavior. In other words, perseveration is when someone gets stuck on a topic or an idea. People who perseverate often say the same thing or behave in the same way over and over again. But according to Amanda Morin in an article from understood.org, they can get stuck on their emotions, actions, and thoughts too. And they do it past the point where it makes sense or will change anything. People who perseverate aren't being defiant or stubborn. They have challenges that cause them to get stuck. They might struggle with managing stress, processing information, shifting attention, or putting the brakes on certain behaviors or thoughts. Perseveration can also be a coping mechanism for people when they feel overwhelmed, anxious, 
or not familiar with a situation. Additionally, as reported by AutismAwarenessCenter.com, there are a number of reasons why autistic people perseverate. Some of these reasons include not knowing how to calm the mind and body, difficulty with flexible thinking, slow processing speed, which means a person needs a lot of time to take in, make sense of, and respond to information, not understanding social cues, a lack of impulse control, and being hyper-focused on things a person's interested in. There are several types of perseverations, verbal, motor, and cognitive, or thought perseveration. Thought perseveration is usually a sign of anxiety, stress, or worry. It can manifest as repeating the same question over and over again, even after it's been answered. At times, when I'm confronted with a child who is perseverating on a question, I'll answer the question at least one or two times, and then I'll try to turn the question around and ask it to the child. My thinking on this is that it allows a person to process the answer they've been given already and then give it back to me. When this happens, I've found it can change the engagement and break the cycle, either stopping it there or reducing the intensity of the repetition by increasing the intervals at which they appear. The hope is that it will be enough of a distraction for the child to move on. Once a person confirms what they know to be the answer to the question they're asking, I immediately redirect them to another task. Perseverations or fixed interests might include having an intense focus on a specific activity, object, or subject. VeryWellHealth.com gives examples. Stereotyped or repetitive motor movements, use of objects, or speech. Examples include simple motor stereotypes, lining up toys, flipping objects, echolalia, and idiosyncratic or unusual phrases. Echolalia refers to when an autistic person repeats the words or noises they've heard someone else make. Insistence on sameness, inflexible adherence to routines, or ritualized patterns of verbal or nonverbal behavior. For example, this includes extreme distress at small changes, difficulty with transitions, rigid thinking patterns, greeting rituals, and the need for the same root or food every day. Highly fixated interests that are atypical in intensity or focus. An example includes a strong attachment to or preoccupation with an object. Danielle Sullivan, in her article, How Can We Define Perseveration in Autism Spectrum Disorder, explains, Some perseveration manifests as repetitive behaviors that look just like stimming to the untrained eye. These can involve repetitive behavior, like movements, for example, rocking back and forth, or repetitive speech. It also serves some of the same functions to the individual as stimming does. Perseverative activity offers a way of coping with overwhelm or anxiety. It's important to note the difference between perseveration and stimming. Perseveration is involuntary and can worsen a problem or feeling. Stims may seem involuntary, but they're actually voluntary self-soothing behaviors. I've worked with many students and clients over the years whose perseverations have gotten in the way of their being able to complete tasks and which have, on occasion, caused them to melt down and act out negative behaviors. I can only imagine what a struggle this can be for those in the midst of it trying to cope with whatever it is causing them to ramp up the repetition and the need for acknowledgement and confirmation. I don't have to imagine what it's like for you parents and caregivers, though, who are struggling to limit or eliminate said behaviors. I know how demanding they can be if we don't work on our own mindful interaction with them. As I always do, when I begin working with a client and their parents, the first thing to address is the establishment of a routine. Routines are a concrete way for a neurodiverse child to be comfortable in their days. They are foremost predictable, 
perhaps the number one lesson for parents and caregivers to learn when it comes to integrating your child's needs into daily family life, because predictability reduces anticipation of the unknown, which can raise stress levels. Routines are patterned so as to occur in the same order every day. They're comfortable in that they occur when expected, and user-friendly because they are consistently repeated for familiarity and internalization. When a child knows what's happening next or later, it's a step away from the anxiety created by not knowing. Being aware that keeping your child busy within your routine can reduce and or allow you to distract them from perseverations when they begin. Because perseveration is a coping mechanism and not done purposefully, if we consider assigning chores to your child, we find an avenue that works towards keeping them focused on a task, which can keep them distracted and reduce the perseveration or even the chance of it happening. It also builds self-esteem, which raises confidence, which can be a salve for anxiety. We also want to consider the environment. Is the environment in the given moment overwhelming? This can indicate a sensory concern that might trigger a person to perseverate as they try and manage their uncomfortable feelings. So we want to be aware of having sensory diet plans for home and when we go out. In moments where perseverations are sensory-induced, Having objects that can distract and calm are important resources to keep in an emergency sensory bag when you're on the go. You can find ideas on my resource page or Google sensory kits or emergency sensory bags. Engaging in a favorite activity like baking or building something provides a break from repetitive thoughts. Perseverative thoughts themselves may be a person's attempt to find comfort and structure, and it makes sense. Funandfunction.com presents an article on the topic and states that The way someone with autism processes information is, many times, extremely detail-oriented. This can lead to hyper-focus on objects or the minutiae of an activity or schedule. It may also lead to difficulty being flexible in thinking or being able to shift their attention from one task to another. Perseveration can prevent kids from disengaging from the task at hand or the person they're talking to, which leads them to feel stuck. As I mentioned earlier, being mindful of your child's triggers and the things that are helpful to them during anxious times can help you to quite literally change the conversation away from a repetitive thought and onto something more comforting. Knowing that this is, as I've said many times, an aspect to who this person before you is, accepting them and their picadillos is the best way to manage perseverative occurrences. Keeping yourself calm and having a plan will make your encounters with your child calmer and easier to approach. Showing upset, frustration, anger, or other risks sending your child into a meltdown which can become dangerous for your child and family members. Ask yourself, how much harm are the perseverations doing? Are they mild where a simple explanation to satisfy them will suffice? If so, engage them on the subject they're stuck on. Perhaps write it down or draw a picture to help them process and give their thoughts some closure or, if they're capable, Ask them to write it down or draw it. SimpleSpectrumSupplement.com shares one approach to dealing with perseverations. Having conversations with your child about what perseveration is can be an extremely helpful tool for parents. The key to these conversations is to have them when the child is not exhibiting perseverative behavior. This might help a child to identify when signs of repetitive behavior are showing. On the other hand, having this conversation with a child who's already perseverating may not be effective at all because they're not able to hear or listen to what you're saying. The use of sensory integration techniques can be used to take the place of the repetitive loop that is attempting to self-soothe 
with the same intended result. No day is going to look like the day before, and therefore it's safe to say that even the best routine will go awry, and your child needs to be prepared, so it's important to teach flexibility. For example, if you need to veer from a routine, review the change beforehand in the form of a social story. Social stories that detail what your child can expect are extremely helpful and can be used as a basis for problem-solving and flexibility so that they don't feel so overwhelmed by a new situation. And I'm a strong proponent in social stories. I've seen them work really, really well. If anxieties become too much for your child to handle, you might want to consult with your doctor for possible medication options. Growth doesn't happen overnight, and you don't want to be overwhelming your child with abrupt changes. Begin by establishing your routine. For guidance on this, check out my podcast episode number 55 from June 19, 2023, entitled Five Steps to Creating a Routine. Then begin introducing social stories and conversations about perseveration. Learn your child's sensory needs and direct them to sensory objects, or perhaps you can set up a sensory space for them to go to for self-soothing. I've had success using a soft exercise ball, one of the bigger balls, and having a child lay on a couch or a bench and then rolling that ball along their back and applying some gentle pressure, which can help them to calm and refocus. Maybe this can work for you too. We want to always employ empathy with our children at times of struggle, perseverations included, because this behavior is not within their control. Be sensitive to your child's sensory triggers. Be prepared for them and do your best to manage them when perseverations occur. It might not be perfect because it turns out that perfect doesn't exist. Hmm, who knew? So cut yourself a break if what you're trying to do doesn't work initially. Don't give up. Stay steady and patient. Because no tree grows in one day. Now just a reminder, all quotes and articles cited in this episode will appear on my resource page at specialadvising.com for your perusal. It's time now for Tip of the Cap, your exceptional needs parenting tip. Today's tip comes from theautismoasis.com. I love this tip. Remember, perseverating is a calming strategy, so if redirecting doesn't work, it means your child is too upset to shift gears. Instead, try allowing the perseveration just long enough to get them calm enough to redirect. While you do your part, simultaneously start their preferred calming techniques like applying deep pressure or leading them in deep breathing. I want to thank you again for listening to this episode, and I hope you'll join me each week to hear about topics new to you or close to your heart. I hope this podcast might inspire you to face your days more confidently, stirring a greater sense of self-love, mindfulness, an outpouring of goodness, and positive role modeling for your children, while remembering to attend to the areas of your own mental, physical, and if you're inclined, spiritual health, enabling you to be all you hope to be for them. All music heard on today's show comes from Jason Shaw at audionautics.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Special Ed Rising, and on my website, specialedrising.com. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends. You can contact me directly with questions, comments, or if you're interested in parent coaching through my email at specialadrising 
at gmail.com or my contact pages on Facebook or my website. If you'd like to share some of your success stories with the audience, please send them to my email. Let's show the world what's possible. Also, let me know if there's anything you'd like to learn more about. And until next time, peace and keep rising. Thank you.